The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus was teaching the crowds. Some of those present told Jesus about the Galileans, whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. Jesus asked them, Do you think that because these Galileans suffered in this way, they were worse sinners than all other Galileans? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all perish as they did. Or those eighteen who were killed when the Tower of Siloam fell on them, do you think that they were worse sinners than all the others living in Jerusalem? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all perish just as they did. Then Jesus told this parable. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came looking for fruit on it and found none. So he said to the gardener, See here, for three years I have come looking for fruit on this fig tree, but still I find none. Cut it down. Why should it be wasting the soil? The gardener replied, Sir, let it alone for one more year until I dig around it and put manure on it. If it bears fruit next year, well and good. But if not, you can cut it down. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. The theme of our readings for this third Sunday of Lent is repentance. In the first reading from Exodus chapter 3, we have the famous account of the burning bush. Moses encounters God through this theophany, and God speaks to Moses. This burning bush is meant to remind us that when we allow God to work in and through us, when we have repented and God is speaking through us and working through us, he doesn't destroy our freedom, he doesn't destroy our nature, rather he brings us to a higher pitch so that we become truly who we were meant to be. Just like the burning bush was not consumed when it was on fire, but rather it was elevated to be radiant. That's what we're called to be as well. And so it does pay to repent and allow God to work in and through us. Now notice what God does. He commissions Moses to, first of all, go to his own people and say that God has told him to lead them out of slavery. He's also then told to go to Pharaoh. Moses says, well, if the people ask, who sent me? What am I to say? And here God reveals his name, his identity, very important. In two ways. First, he identifies himself in his own nature. I am who I am. That simply means his essence is to exist. They're one and the same. He is the eternal God from all ages. But he also says that I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, I am the God of your fathers. Here he identifies himself in relation to us. He so commits himself to the covenant of love that his own identity is now wrapped up in our flourishing. And that's good to know because it gives us hope that God is committed to us in such a way that his own identity, his own name, is revealed in that way. Now, Moses is sent to Pharaoh not simply to have the people of Israel released from slavery, but also to convert Pharaoh and the Egyptians. They were serving many gods, pagan gods. They were lost in paganism. 
God wants their conversion. And notice that he gives Moses the power to pronounce plagues and to enact these plagues one at a time. And each of those plagues are specifically designed to undermine the gods that the Egyptians worship. The highest god that they worship, the one that is very relevant to them, is the god of the Nile, because the Nile has this life force. It provides food, it provides water and nourishment, and so they worship it. And what does God do? He gives Moses the power. He says, go and strike the Nile with your staff, and it will turn to blood. In other words, Moses delivers a lethal blow to that god. And sure enough, that happens in the presence of Pharaoh. Now, you would think that that's enough for Pharaoh to say, my gods are powerless in comparison to God of Israel. I'm going to convert. But he doesn't. Now, at that point, God could have said, well, you've had your chance, and now you will exist no more. But God gives him another opportunity. So the second plague now goes after another one of their gods. They worship the frog because the frog is a symbol of fertility. God gives Moses the power to multiply frogs so that they're all over the land of Egypt in such a way that they cause all kinds of havoc. Pharaoh pleads with Moses to go back to his God and to relinquish this plague. And Moses does. Now again, that should have been enough for Pharaoh to convert. But he hardens his heart. Each one of the plagues are specifically directed to a God that the pagans worship. God is interested in their conversion, their repentance. Well, there's ten plagues, and finally Pharaoh lets Israel go. Pharaoh sort of repents, but then has a change of heart. And as soon as he sees them fleeing, he goes after them with his army. And now God has no choice. That's the last straw, and they're destroyed in the Red Sea. This is meant to tell us the importance of repentance, how it should not be delayed, thinking we always have tomorrow. No, God wants our conversion today because he wants us to flourish. In the second reading, which is taken from St. Paul's letter to the Corinthians, chapter 10, Paul goes back to that Exodus account because now Israel has been freed from captivity. They're going through the desert. God showers them with all kinds of benefits. Water from the rock, manna from heaven, quail. They're led by the pillar of cloud by day, a pillar of fire by night. And yet, they don't repent. In fact, they grumble. So that none of them make it into the promised land, except for Joshua and Caleb. Paul is saying, don't think because they received all of those favors that they were going to be automatically saved. They weren't. And now you, Corinthians, you're receiving even more gifts, not just manna from heaven, but the Eucharist, not just water from the rock, but the Holy Spirit. And if you don't repent, you will be like your ancestors. So he says, if you think you are standing firm, watch out that you do not fall. In other words, repentance is the key to a life of flourishing. That's what God wants. In the gospel, Jesus uses three short parables to drive home the point that repentance must happen now, not tomorrow. 
And he takes that account of the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. Probably what's happened there is the Galileans go up to the temple, they bring their animals to sacrifice to worship God, but their hearts are not converted. Pilate has it out for them, he massacres them, he takes their blood, mixes it with the blood of the animals, and then desecrates the temple. What is Jesus saying? Do not think that because these Galileans suffered in this way that they were worse sinners than all other Galileans. No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all perish as they did. Now Jesus is referring not just to physical death, but spiritual death. And then he uses the other example of the Tower of Siloam that fell suddenly on the 18 people. Accidentally. They didn't think they were going to die that day, but they did. And again, Jesus says, do you think that they were worse sinners than all others living in Jerusalem? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all perish as they did. That is, suddenly and finally, spiritually, unless you repent. And then finally, he uses the example of the fig tree that did not bear fruit. And that's an example, a very important example, because sometimes we think, well, I I haven't murdered anyone, I haven't committed adultery, I haven't stolen. But the sins of omission are what often we forget. The fig tree didn't produce poisonous figs. It simply didn't produce anything. And that's why it was cut down. Now, I think what Jesus is doing here is he wants us to repent quickly because if we don't, sin tends to escalate and can get out of control. There's this true story of Mayor Rudy Giuliani when he was first elected mayor of New York City in 1994. He made a real effort to rid all of the graffiti on public buildings and to fix broken windows as soon as possible on the theory that if you get to a broken window early, there's less likelihood that other windows will get broken. This theory was first introduced by a social scientist who wrote an article by that name, Broken Windows. I'm just going to quote a very short paragraph from his study, his article. Consider a building with a few broken windows. If the windows are not repaired, the tendency is for vandals to break a few more windows. Eventually, they may even break into the building, and if it is unoccupied, perhaps become squatters or light fires inside. Or consider a sidewalk. Some litter accumulates. Soon, more litter accumulates. Eventually, people even start leaving bags of trash from takeout restaurants there or breaking into cars. The point is, If you get through the broken windows early, vandalism is less likely. The chances are there won't be an escalation. It's the same with sin, which is why God is emphasizing in today's readings repentance, which means a change of heart, change of mind, a complete renunciation of our own sins and a turning to the Lord. And when we do, God is gracious, as we heard in the response oriel psalm, which is really a psalm that we should take to heart. The Lord is merciful and gracious. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. It is the Lord who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your distresses, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with 
steadfast love and mercy. So on this third Sunday of Lent, let us take these readings to heart. And unlike Pharaoh, and unlike many others who were granted great favors, but still didn't change their hearts and minds, let us do precisely that. As St. Paul says in his letter to the Romans, chapter 12, be not conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind and your heart. Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to the Lord. This is your spiritual act of worship. So Lord, come into our hearts. Help us to realize our sins, confess them, open our hearts, and invite you in so that we might be like that burning bush, radiant with you, ready to go out and proclaim the good news. God is merciful.